What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on a Sunday morning here before we jump into an advanced Metcon workout with some of our crazy folks here at Jeremy Scott Fitness in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. It's actually not super sunny today, which is nice for us since it's sunny almost every single day. And uh, touching on my podcast episode for today, we're talking about food cravings, um, why they happen, uh, how to avoid them, maybe some ways to bridge the gap or at least you know get you from point A to point B and kind of win those little moments and battles of what's going on with you guys and why we crack and fold under pressure and give in to the things that we quote unquote want to eat in the moment even though our goals are bigger than that in the long run. And uh, obviously on a Sunday, I think maybe some of you guys have given into food cravings at this point of the weekend. Typically, uh, a lot of people we see habit-wise, Fridays, nights are tough, Saturdays, and then obviously even Sundays. A lot of people can kind of stick with their uh, routine Monday through Thursday, but you can see the problem with that, tanking things on a Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday. You're giving away two and a half to three days every single week. Uh, And if you have a goal, obviously to be beyond anything just like the average level of shape, it's really, really tough to do or almost impossible if you're not sticking to your program and plan and giving into things that you didn't plan out. And that's what I'll touch on. And uh, real long and short of it, some of this will be science-based. Some of this will be uh, just actual working with clients-based. What we see in terms of habits, rituals, and routines and behaviors of, of why people give in. I'll give you guys my two cents and how we kind of safeguard it. And again, there's a system for everybody that allows us to be successful. And that goes with how you eat food, how you train, how you sleep, how you do your career. It's like how you can have, you know, 10 people be, you know, uh, like a salesperson, for example, or like an account executive. They're, they're uh, responsible for accounts. They have to send emails, build relationships, sell shit. But everybody does that differently. Now, the, the end goal is the same. And, but they're doing the job different. Maybe they return emails first, do calls second, and then go to meetings third, or whatever it may be. There's some way that they've found to be successful. The same thing with eating. There's a lot of us who are in really great shape, and almost none of us do it exactly the same. And almost none of us do it the same at all. And that's kind of the beauty of it. So that goes the same with food cravings of how you win um, and fight your own battles. And hopefully, you can take some of the tools that I've used and given to our clients, and you guys can take them and use them yourselves. It's all the same stuff we drill down in our 47 day transformation or any of our online nutrition coaching programs uh, that we run. So, we actually coach everything, and I think that is the key. So, with that said, uh, food cravings, you guys, long and short of it, is basically just like this real legit intense desire for a specific food now the desire can seem almost uncontrollable at certain points where like your hunger is not going to be satisfied until you get that particular food now whatever that is for you guys whether it's pizza beer ice cream brownies cookies chips and salsa you name it uh if you want it uh you're gonna and you mentally get fixated on it you're gonna drive yourself fucking nuts until you get that thing and sometimes the juice is worth the squeeze and you got to just give in and roll with it. But sometimes uh, that craving is coming from something else. And oftentimes if we can fix that fix that something else, we can avoid the craving altogether. And I, a lot of experts will say from the data that we pulled, uh, the food cravings last like a, a legitimate three to five minutes. Like the intensity of them is like a five minute gap you have to win. So if you can convince yourself or talk yourself out of it within that three to five minute window, odds are you're going to be okay. Now everybody obviously... 
experiences cravings and wants things differently. Now, whether that's junk food, processed stuff, high sugar, high fat, high salt things, those are probably the most popular. Or if it's alcohol, for example, which can also be a learned behavior, which we'll try to touch on later. Um, But a lot of you guys, food cravings are a major roadblock when you're trying to maintain a healthy weight, body fat, or just get into an overall healthy lifestyle. Um, And there's a handful of tips that we can help you guys with, hopefully, that will, you know, maybe retrick your brain or at least you know tap into the region of the brain which is causing the food cravings which is also the same part of your brain that's kind of responsible for memory you know pleasure and reward which are also uh, super important things so a lot of times people uh, you can have cravings from an imbalance of just hormones in general I'll dig into these in a second uh, but like if your leptin or you know serotonin is off it can cause food cravings it also could be you know things like endorphins that release in the body uh, after you eat something which kind of mirrors that addictive uh, personality trait. So what I'm saying is, uh, in terms of like endorphins or like this, uh, this high you get, it's like when you, and I, I said before in other podcasts, when you burn your hand on the stove, you put your hand on the stove, you touch it, it's hot. You, you have this synced in your mind not to do it again. So it mirrors this pain when it comes into it. It's why you hate riding the assault bike max effort. Cause it mirrors this sickening pain in your stomach and you feel like shit. It's why you don't want to do it. And you, it's almost like we learn things that are un, uncomfortable or unpleasant. We know they're bad for us. The problem is when you eat cupcakes, it doesn't feel like you burned your hand in the stove. It's like this euphoric high feeling you get. And it lasts, again, only for you know probably 15, 20 seconds, but you remember it. And so the emotions are involved in producing food cravings are really tough, especially when we eat for comfort or we quote-unquote eat to feel better, which comes with eater's remorse and everything in between, which I'll touch on in a second. Uh, digging into cravings, you guys, obviously pregnant women uh, have especially strong cravings and, and oftentimes strange ones as well. And this is just basically due to the same kind of concept that hormonal change and shift kind of disrupts uh the way that they're feeling, the way that they're tasting, the way that they're smelling. And so those receptors might be off from their quote-unquote normal routine, so they crave different things. Uh, and again, a lot of you guys, some of the cravings can come from you know different uh, lacking different nutrients or other things in between there. So selective cravings, again, uh, are also you know when we want specific foods. And so although the biggest ones I see is probably from my wife would be like chocolate or uh, like wine, things like that. For me, it's probably more so uh, French fries and burgers, legitimate things like that. And then there's obviously, I think, people who have like non-selective, you know, hunger is a desire to basically just eat anything, um, which results in, you know, real hunger and real hunger pains. Uh, But a lot of that can be tied to just thirst. Uh, And I think a lot of times we mistake being hungry for being thirsty. So drinking a shit ton of water or fluid uh, is is a huge thing, especially like if it's you know, coffee um, is a great appetite suppressant, uh, green teas, but just having a ton of water around, whether that's just plain water, water with lemon, vitamin water, zero, Powerade zero. I know myself personally, when I'm dehydrated, I'm 10 times more hungry. If I crush like 50 ounces of water, not that it just fills up my gut, but it also it's like it, it alleviates that hunger feeling. And I figure out that, okay, I wasn't really hungry. I was just super dehydrated or I was thirsty and that cures the problem. So again, there really is no single explanation for food cravings. Uh, we can go every anything, like I said before, from serotonin to, you know, the endorphins to the results of us, you know, taking in, you know, fats and carbohydrates. Uh, a lot of people will crave things like foods that are high levels of sugar uh, and glucose, such as chocolate, are, are probably the one most popular, you know, crave things. Where things like broccoli uh, typically aren't, you know, trigger food. So people who consume like a shit ton of carbohydrates 
feel the urge to consume more carbohydrates. And I'm not saying carbs are the enemy, but like when you're running off glucose, you feel the urge to consume more glucose. It's just kind of nature, kind of like how alcohol, because the brain becomes kind of conditioned to the release of uh, happy hormones when you drink booze or when you eat like donuts and, and pancakes and shit like that. There is like, they have evidence that it's like an addictive food craving that activates some parts of your brain. So it's the same way when you look at people who obviously drink booze, but when smokers, when you look at a picture of how people are smoke, uh, and they're addicted uh, to certain things. It's that same area of the brain that obese people, you know, kind of have when they're addicted to food. And I think food, and I say this all the time, I think food is the toughest one of all because you don't have to drink alcohol. You don't have to smoke cigarettes. You have to fucking eat at some point. Even if you fast, you have to eat, and that's when it gets tough. So it is a, it does take over your brain, and as we know, your brain controls everything. So that's when it does get rough. So again, for you guys, whether your triggers are ice cream or cookies or cake, whatever it is, you probably know what your food cravings are, and, and oftentimes I do think they have little to do with just hunger themselves, especially if you're in America and you're like me, we have access to every restaurant, every grocery store we can get, you know, we can buy 5,000 calories in five minutes at a fucking drive through so rarely is hunger the thing. The craving can be, you know, both biological and also like uh, a psychological component. The most common foods that, again, you guys crave are, again, the carbs, the chocolates, the salts, the cheeses, the fattier things, or the mix of them. So the biggest one, I'll touch on this really fast for you guys in terms of, I guess, probably the, the biggest things that you guys are craving uh, would be the, the leptin uh, resistance you have. So for you guys, real quick, leptin is a hormone in your body which produces you know your fat tissue. Its job is basically to jack up your appetite and tell you you know when you're full or to stimulate your appetite, if you will. Uh, and it all works fine when your stomach and your brain are, are on the same wavelength. But the problem starts when we get these constant surges of leptin, which tricks our brain into feeling hungry even when we're not. So again, like, well, what would cause this? One of the, the, the biggest, I guess, criminals in this is having too much fat in your body, which, you know, the more fat means the more leptin can be produced. So another cause is eating a diet high in sugary and you know kind of those carbohydrate processed foods so the the sugar basically triggers the fat cells to release these surges of leptin which you can also have benefits from this too but more often than not people who aren't super active they don't so whatever the reason this constant you know jacked up you know roller coaster rides of leptin can lead to leptin resistance which creates this feedback and dulls the ability for our brain uh, to understand what our real appetite is does that make sense to you guys so Basically, eating a healthy, legit diet is the best way to keep your leptin levels normal and your body to understand, you know, when it's really hungry and what what it's craving, it's real or if it's fake. So that's why we urge our people typically when we do our nutrition coaching, unless they're looking to gain weight, which is very few people, 95% of the people we work with are looking to lose weight. We have them focus on higher proteins, higher fat diets. Not that carbs are the enemy, but protein and produce, I think, are the hub of it and trying to avoid the processed shit just because, A, it's hard to burn off all that glucose or all the carbohydrates, and two, it, it, it's this roller coaster of hungry and not hungry and hungry and not hungry or these crashes, if you will. Uh, the other one for you guys, I think, uh, the endorphins uh, and the food addiction is a tough one. So, like I said, eating the sugary and salty food increases the production of endorphins in our body and like there's studies on this where endorphins are basically uh like opiates that make us feel relaxed they make us feel good so when we eat these foods we experience this awesome feeling and we want a similar uh feeling to kind of like how, how doing drugs is and so the food becomes like our quote-unquote narcotic and again they have studies that show where sugar can actually have a more intense feeling and reward than cocaine does 
it's that fucking powerful and that's why I say it you guys it, it has this hold on us we think about food, we dream about food, we look at pictures of it, it elicits a memory, a response, our mouth starts watering, we can't get out of our brain, we just have to have a fucking donut, or whatever your jam is. That's why, uh, you know, there's certain, it's why it's so tough to do, I guess, so it's it's why we tell people to avoid, you know, packaged and processed foods, and, and to, not that you have to eradicate those things out of your diet forever, but understand that they do have a control over your brain, and if you're doing something repetitively over the course of years that you're tied to, at least, you know, this positive feeling and this response and you're always chasing that high, if you're doing it consistently over time, that's how we become overweight, especially when you're eating sugary things that can be more intense than taking fucking cocaine. It's nuts to me. So I do think how we think about food and how we integrate into our daily life does make a huge difference. The other one for you guys, I think uh, having lower levels of serotonin uh, can be a huge thing in food cravings. And so basically serotonin is that uh, like the I'm feeling good neurotransmitter that produces mainly in the GI tract. It's directly tied to your appetite, uh, to your digestion, and also your mood. So when you're eating carbohydrates and sugars that increase the release of serotonin, it makes us feel amazing in a very short window, sometimes even 15 seconds, sometimes two, three, four, five minutes. So when your levels are low of serotonin, your brain thinks, oh, I need to have a candy bar. I need to have some pancakes. I need to have, you know, some Sour Patch Kids. And it's going to fix that. That low level of serotonin can be due to a variety of things, which for a lot of people I think is uh, poor gut health. So not eating the right foods over time, not, you know, having chia seeds and probiotics and quality fibers. Alcohol consumption, I will. It can, per, can uh, I guess, aid in uh, having low serotonin levels. Uh, in different things like anxiety, depression, different disorders. Uh, but the biggest thing is we're more vulnerable to crappy foods and sugars when we're feeling down in the dumps. And having low serotonin levels as humans can aid in that. So the key is to have your serotonin levels not be low. Keep them elevated if you can over time. And the biggest one for you guys, I think, obviously... It's tied to GI tract, uh, the low serotonin level. So taking things like a probiotic, uh, a quality like, you know, krill oil, chia seeds, uh, getting enough quality sleep, filling your gut with real healthy foods, it can be a game changer. So in order to maintain good, legit serotonin levels, your gut needs to be in pristine shape. So pumping in quality stuff and avoiding some of that crap shit. So when your diet isn't super healthy, you guys, the bad bacteria can kind of overpower the quality bacteria creating these food cravings. So that's why I do say things like probiotics and I preach them so much. Having a healthy balance of good bacteria by eating, you know, fermented foods, the probiotics can create a gut happy environment that can create this intestinal peace, which is necessary to calm the cravings down so you don't want this shit so much. And then the last one we see with people, it's a... Uh, it's the emotional triggers. This is the huge one. Uh, this can be everything from learned behavior as a kid. Uh, we're depressed. We're sad. We're bored. We're super stressed out about work or life shit in general. Uh, we have bad self-esteem. We think our body image is shit and we've been trying so hard and nothing's been changing. So just fuck it. We give up. That prompts us to look for the shit food. Uh, I say it all the time. I think there's a lot of people who look to, you know, smash a whole box of Girl Scout cookies or eat, you know, a handful of chocolates and drink rosé when they're having a, you know, a shitty day at work. Maybe they got fired from their job. They're having problems with their husband or wife, or maybe they had a breakup. Uh, I basically call this kind of the, you know, ghost hunger where you sense your cravings are 
they they're fleeting they disappear they come they go it's oftentimes be tied to the mood and, and the learning behaviors that we have so some of the tips i would like to share with you guys in terms of how to dump the food cravings uh probably the biggest ones are just eradicate the foods that you know that you crave and hunger and that have really dragging you down for at least probably 14 to 21 days if you can uh, if you can get rid of those things uh, or find like, you know, savor food. So if you're used to crushing Ben and Jerry's, maybe opt for a Halo Top or an Enlightened. So it takes you from 1,000 calories and 150 grams of sugar to 300 calories and 28 grams of sugar. Now, it might not be the ideal fit, but it's bridging the gap. It's like a savor food. If you're used to crushing like eight Reese's peanut butter cups, maybe grab yourself, you know, a Power Crunch Bar, which takes you from, you know, 600 calories to 200 calories and five grams of sugar, you know, away from 40 grams of sugar. It's little things like that. So keeping healthy foods on hand and trying to think about, you know, all the things you can eat as opposed to all the things you can't eat. And the best news is your taste buds will actually change over time and your body will start to crave the healthy whole foods once you make that a habit and routine and it just won't want the same junk and bullshit. I'm not going to say I don't ever want to eat, you know, the stuff I grew up as a kid like fucking mac and cheese and tombstone pizza and Doritos and drink Mountain Dew and eat Schwann's ice cream. Shout out to my people in the Midwest if you're still eating Schwann's. My point is, is that I'm not going to eat those things. I don't want them every single day. I don't crave them like I once did because they've been eradicated from my diet so long. The next step for you guys, I think obviously the biggest one is just exercise and stay rested. Get your ass up and move and work out. Uh, The people that tend to be more active tend to eat less shit than the people who do nothing. Exercise also can boost those serotonin levels, which I think is super key. Something that will help you guys skip the sugar and the extra carb craving. So it'll put you in a better mood. It releases this natural high in endorphins. So again, and obviously getting quality sleep matters. We've talked about this before on a little bit of a podcast. If you don't get enough sleep, your hormones will be off. You'll crave certain things. You'll want certain things. You can look at any study on sleep. So again, being active daily, sleeping quality for at least six, seven, eight hours a night would be ideal. If you can, it will help you in the process. Also doing things like obviously staying super, super hydrated for a lot of you guys. Uh, I would say at least 100 ounces of water per day uh, because thirst and dehydration do make you feel hungry and can kick up those cravings. So staying hydrated, drinking at least 100 ounces of water a day, more if it's summertime or hot and sweaty, and then having things like coffee in between as an appetite suppressant do go a long way. And then obviously avoiding the sugary carbs and processed shit on top of that, you know, does, you know, pay huge dividends. So... The biggest thing comes down to you guys is just your relationship with food and understanding what food is. Food is a fuel source for your body to do shit. It doesn't always have to be sexy and fun and look amazing. And every you, you can't give in to every single craving every single time. If you do, you're never going to look and move and feel the way that you want to. It's just part of it. You have to have a little bit of self-control and self-discipline and pick your spots to help you have a better, more healthy relationship with food. At some point in your lives... People are going to struggle with, you know, overeating and emotional eating. It's probably just part of it. You know, we love our wine, our chocolate, our cookies, our, our shakes, all the shit we do. But once that kind of initial food rush kind of wears off, we're left with the same stresses and problems and shit we had before. Except the difference is we feel ashamed and guilty and even more out of control than before and we hate ourselves for it. It's what we call like having eater's remorse is when you do this thing because you think it's to make you feel better and you have three glasses of wine and you have your chocolate and you have your shit, but you feel 10 times fucking worse three hours later or the next day later. Because nobody ever ate proteins and vegetables on a Friday night and then woke up the next day and said, man, you know what? I wish I would have had seven pieces of cheesecake and drank six beers. We don't because our body physically feels better. I think mentally we even think we look better. Even if we look the exact same, we feel leaner. We're less bloated. We have less inflammation. So what happens is people get fixated on 
giving into cravings or, or saying, you know, they need to have this food or they're rewarded by it. And the cycle, it feels like this. People overeat or they, they eat four things that weren't on their diet. Then what happens is they feel more stressed. They feel more upset, maybe anxious. They have that, you know, shame in them. They feel guilty for it. They have, again, like I said, that eater's remorse. And what they do is, though, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I promise I'll stop, but it won't happen. And they go back to, you know, a new diet. Well, on Monday, I'm not going to do anything. And they go fucking 100% all out balls to the wall. They cut out and eradicate every single thing. They're so strict. They're so regimented. And what happens is they fail because it's too restricted. They're too stressed. They're too pissed off. So they give in and say, fuck it, it's not worth it. And then they go back to the same routine. They overeat again. Then they feel more stress and more anxiety and more upset and more pissed. And the cycle just repeats and continues. So what I would suggest to you guys is don't give up everything all at once. Go shallow and deep. And if you're used to eating McDonald's seven days a week, eat that shit six days a week. If you're used to drinking wine five days a week, go down to three days a week. Don't You don't have to go cold turkey unless you know that's your mentality. I'm an all or nothing person. That works for me. As I've gotten older, I've gotten slightly better with portion control and doing things. But we don't buy cookies and cakes and shit at our house because we know we'll fucking eat them. We're overeaters by nature. We don't buy bags of chips. And if we do, it's a small bag and we know we're going to crush it in about 90 seconds. That's how I roll. I don't put myself in a position to be unsuccessful. And I'm urging you guys to do the same thing. So start with any foods that you guys have like recently had you know shitty episodes with in terms of eating. Uh, maybe the, the top two or three things you can't have. And write down all the stuff you know, like if, if you go like done a precision nutrition, they have a great little like a, a Q&A course on this where it's like you write down all the things that happen around, you know, you, the last time you binged or, or gave into your cravings or you got off your plan. You know, where were you? What were you doing? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And, and you know, who were you with when you gave into drinking wine or booze or having chocolate or pizza or cakes? Was it a work event, a social event? Were you by yourself? Did you have an argument with your husband, and your wife? Were you pissed off at your job? I know this sounds like it's a lot of work, but mastering how you eat and getting rid of cravings is one of the hardest things you guys are going to ever fucking do, so it does take some diligent work on your part. But writing those questions down, when you look fat, like back further, you know, who you were with and what were you doing and what were you thinking and how were you feeling, those things matter because it's going to help you understand the pattern and the ritual and the routine that's been uh, holding you back and making you fuck up. It's like everything else. Like you, when we're not, when we can't get uh, results out of the body that we want, or if we struggle with failing at this at work, we look back. Okay, what do we do? Why do we fail? How can we fix it? Was I hanging out with so and so? When I hang out with these three friends, do I always drink way more and make way worse choices? Okay, not saying don't hang out with those people. But pick your spots with those people. If you have an argument with your husband or wife or you know if you are too hungry at 5 o'clock, you're going to grab any shit you see and stick it in your mouth. Having savor foods in your car like almonds or beef jerky or even like you know a Power Crunch bar or having stopping getting water on the way home or doing something healthier to fill that gap in between can go a long way. You have to look at your the data that you guys kind of track and find it. And you have to look at your own patterns and your own routines and rituals. I can't do it for you guys because I don't know what your fuck-ups are. I know what mine are. So if you don't see a connection right away, it's okay. But writing down those exercises a few times and finding the pattern is going to go a long way. If you don't find the patterns, it's not the end of the world. But what you have to start doing is, okay, every time you know I talk to my dad, I, I freak out and I, and I have to drink six beers because he stresses me out. Or every time I, my husband and I talk about finances, you know, I, I go crazy and I have to have wine. Or after a stressful week at work, I always have to go home and get pizza and pick up whatever. 
Whatever it is, finding the pattern, understanding it, identifying it is the first step for you guys to eradicate that. And again, the solution probably won't happen right away. You're probably gonna have to do some digging and do some work. Uh, but for me personally, what I found is in terms of me for craving stuff, uh, I have to A, stay hydrated. For me, that's huge. Uh, how I sleep is huge. Uh, what I'm doing on the weekends, planning it out in advance, or at least if, if we're going to go do something, I don't, I don't want to look at like food as like a reward, but I don't crack during the week just because I crack. And the only way that would be plausible for me is if I had really shitty sleep, if I was super dehydrated, I had a ridiculously long day at work, seven things went wrong, I'd be like, you know what, man, fuck it, I'm too lazy, I'm too tired, I don't want to do anything, I just want to, you know, roll through In-N-Out Burger on the way home, and then maybe grab a piece of carrot cake, and I'm going to eat that, and I'm going to feel better, and I never do. In the moment, I'm like, eh, it was fine. I don't really have eater's remorse, you guys, because I'll get up and be diligent about my stuff, but it's not like I feel great about making that choice if I was to crack in between, but I don't do that anymore because I either A, I have food at home already for me ready to go, or I know the one or two places I can stop on the way home and pick something up. I always keep coffee around. If you guys are ever around me in person, I always have coffee, water, Powerade Zeros, or BCAAs to stay hydrated. And again, I do value my sleep uh, 100%. And I save my stuff. If we go on vacation and I'm in Italy, I know I'm going to crush pizza every single day. So I do that. I set a plan for it. Uh, back in the day, for me, again, like I said, the biggest things I would fuck up on would be if I didn't get enough sleep, if I didn't plan my meals out, if it was super late at night, we went to an event or a party and I had nothing at home to eat when I got there. That's when things get erratic. So again, you guys write down the things that are holding you back, the two or three foods, why you do it, when you do it, and what can we replace it with. I'm not telling you to eradicate it completely. Pick your spots during the week, start shallow and deep in, take a few things out at a time. Don't go 100% cold turkey, unless that's your personality type like me, and you can do that, then more power to you. But for now, pick your spots, understand your hormones have a lot to do with it, the way you think about food, the emotional triggers, things you've done your whole life. Write them down, see what's holding you back, and let's see if we can make some adjustments together. These are the exact things we work on in our 47-day transformation and in all of our nutrition groups. Even our inner circle people will talk to me about it. I'm always happy to chime in. But again, mastering food and controlling the cravings are one of the hardest things you can do. So my advice again for you guys is stay hydrated, get quality sleep, stay active, have a probiotic, get your gut health in fucking check because it is important, and then have some savor foods and gap foods. If you love ice cream but you can't do Ben & Jerry's, opt for a Halo Top. If you love candy bars, roll with the Power Crunch if you need to. If it's booze, pick the lower calorie options and obviously eat around it if you need to. But again, pick your spots with your booze. You don't have to have it every single day. Understand your goals are important to you. And again, having those savor foods or gap foods around when you're really starving and a craving hits, whether that is, again, like almonds or beef jerky or even like the Power Crunch bars, any kind of mixed nuts, even if it's a small piece of fruit with like uh, some nut butter, that's 10 times better than you guys crushing a piece of cheesecake. So again, you have to still be a real person and understand do what works for you. Do the homework, that's what most people won't do, or get a coach in a community who can help you through it for accountability and support because it goes a long way. I would not be here today, you guys, if I didn't have my fitness friends around and I didn't do this for a living because it's too fucking hard to do it on your own just for the way you look. It has to be about your health and about how you feel and how you move and how much energy you have. And if you can do that and do the homework, you'll be successful. And like I said, eating right, you guys, controlling what you do and not giving into cravings is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. So it does take some homework, effort, and energy. But if you do it, you can be diligent enough over the long run. I promise you to pay off. Anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast specifically, please let me know. Shoot me a message. I'm happy to help. 
and answer any questions I can. If I can speak out, I most definitely will. If you guys are on iTunes and you dig this, go ahead and drop me a review and a comment. I would love to see it and hear it. I appreciate your guys' support. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy. Your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.